So do you guys all crash together when you go to these things or do you give yourself some personal space? Uh, I mean, it depends if we book our hotel rooms with enough time. <laughs> I like the awkward silence. Usually when I do it last second. <laughs> there was, that was a really <laughs> long silence. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how do we say that? Yes, we share a twin bed. Um, <laughs> yeah, we actually order. We we actually book separate rooms, but then we all end up in the same room together. <laughs> you just time the shifts for the bed. It's fine. Yeah, it's all at the same time. Oh, no, that sounds like a trade show done right. Yeah, I need cuddled. <laughs> back to the shift. <laughs> After all that socializing, I need cuddled. No, 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 Zeno. It was very specific. I was in Mexico at the plant opening for Saver Glass, and uh, one of the one of the big guys specifically said, "I love your podcast, but that Zeno, he's so smart, but he's so vulgar. He's so <laughs> vulgar, but everything he says is very smart. But let him know he's also very vulgar. <laughs> like, are they mutually exclusive? <laughs> he's got one of those things correct. <laughs> he does." That's so cool though. I didn't know you. I was at the plant opening too. What'd you What'd you think back when we were allowed to uh, have parties? <laughs> it, it, I actually got to go on my birthday. It was in October, and I somehow convinced my wife to let me go to Mexico with our other business partner, Ashley. So I was in Mexico with another woman on my birthday. Uh, so Amanda still likes to bring that up and tease me. Um, <laughs> so as yeah, she yeah. should. As she should. But it was an amazing trip. That was so much fun. Like. I think my favorite part of the trip was actually getting the armed military military escort to the plant from the actual <laughs> city. Like that was incredible. Like they had motorcycle caravans, like cutting off traffic to get the buses ahead. I, I was just geeking out. It was a blast. Did they have Did they have an armed escort back from the plant, or were you on your own? Actually, I think we were on our we own. Walked we? back. <laughs> yeah. We walked back. By then we had the tequila, so it was fine. We felt, you know. <laughs> It was, it was totally fine. You had that agave strength. Yeah. Well, that's so cool. I didn't know that one. So that's such a small world. But uh, And it sounds like your wife is a very accepting person. <laughs> Understanding. Oh, yeah. person. She's, she's pretty amazing. We're, well, we're very lucky. We started the business with basically one of my childhood friends, Ashley. I've known her for 30 plus years now. So uh, they lovingly call each other sister wives, which just somehow they make it work. It's adorable. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into I, it. I, <laughs> so, with that segue, well, there's so many places I could go with that, but <laughs> feel free. We always do. Uh, this is the Still Talking <laughs> Podcast, our irreverent distilling industry podcast with Colton Zeno and myself, Brian. Today, we have a guest. Jenna, you are way too kind to have actually joined us on this. Uh, can you please just, since we don't actually give decent introductions, uh, introduce listener to who you are and what you do? I don't know. I think I, I would love to hear what you would try to explain it, actually. That'd probably be a really fun thing <laughs> to listen to. Oh, God. To. No, um, that's awful. Oh, yeah. So uh, my name is Jenna. Um, I'm based in Seattle, and I work for Saver Glass. Uh, so basically, we are a premium glass manufacturer doing decoration and glass bottles. And at the very, uh, I would say, a base level, I'm responsible for making sure I get glass to wineries and distilleries, if we're going to really get to the bare bones of it. But what I like at Saver Glass is they call us market managers. Um, so it's really kind of you just 
get to own your market. And so I cover Washington, Oregon, Colorado, uh, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, and we just basically get to work with a bunch of customers and do custom projects, getting glass, doing decoration. Um, learned a lot more about logistics in the last year, given all the things that have been going on with COVID, which has been super fun. Um, yeah, that's, I'd say that's the, the simple way to put it. So Jenna, how many, how many units are you responsible for moving in one fiscal year? I sounded really professional there, guys. I just want to throw <laughs> that out there. Uh, was that kind of like, was that how many years have I been doing? How many this? units? Like how many? Right. I, if, I don't know. I don't know what the metric is in the glass world. Is it like? Uh, yeah. So I was. This is my. I'm starting year four with Saver Glass. Okay. And before I worked for a company called Amcor doing capsules and closures in the wine and spirits industry too. So I'd say coming on. Oh gosh, like almost nine or ten years now working in the, the alcohol sphere. In packaging. Okay. Yeah. And where are you guys all based again? I heard one is in the cave. Yeah, I'm in a cave in Spokane, Washington. Oh, nice. I live a, I live a traveling lifestyle. So I'm most recently in Alabama, uh, soon to move, and I can't emphasize that enough. <laughs> <laughs> you just alienated our Alabama listener. <laughs> yeah. Right. Damn it, Colton. Um, I am in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay. We got we got everybody today. So it's five o'clock your time, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh six o'clock my time. Past past five, I mean. Yes. And if it was nine AM his time, he'd still be drinking um old granddad. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I don't really stop drinking. <laughs> well, it's a smart way, then you never get hung over, right? Right? See, Jenna's got this figured out. <laughs> we at the Still Talking Podcast do not okay. condone overconsumption. I just want to throw that out just there. Just constant consumption. I'll edit That's it how you're still talking, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, busting out puns already. Right? I think Zeno, uh, one of the questions he was asking too was uh, essentially, how much glass are you responsible for like on a yearly basis within your geographical area like how many pallets of glass or how do you one how do you measure the amount of glass you deal with and then how much are you specifically responsible for getting to clients i would say we tend to i mean the easy number is to look at just actual bottle quantity and bulk just because there's so many different palletizations and capacities and stuff so say between i do wine and spirits um so as we do so i i'm probably coming in a little bit around like eight or nine million bottles a year now can you convert that into pounds of sand? Pounds of sand. In grains of sand, it's infinite. No. Oh. Well, we, um, we do not do philosophy. God, that that is too much. This feels like an Amazon interview. I don't, I don't know where this is going. I don't even know what that is. Sand? What, what, like, I don't know. Like, what are those? They do like those spatial awareness ones. Like, if how many, if you had to guess, like how many golf balls could fill a car? Oh. Oh, one of those fun questions. <laughs> Very internship style. Job interviews, like, yeah, Google has some really notoriously crazy ones. Yeah, that would be way more fun than what you're doing currently. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is going well. I, I like this vibe so far. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a big, we're, we're not the largest glass manufacturer in the world, but we really focus in on kind of like the high-end and luxury markets. So we, at first, have been um, a French company. So we have factories in France. 
think it was uh, created sometime in the 1800s is when we first started producing. And then we opened a factory in Dubai, I think about six years ago now, mainly for the wine market. And then as you can attest to, we opened our uh, factory in Mexico in 2018, um, which has just grown and has been a lot of fun and definitely was helping, I would say during the pandemic, being so close to the US, being able to support our growing um, bourbon market. We have a big office that's growing in Kentucky right now. And also our main office in the US is in California. Nice. Uh, in the Napa area. Do you know roughly how big Saver Glass is in terms of employees? Can, I mean, just spitballing. Yeah. I believe last I heard we're around like 3,500 worldwide. Nice. That is a good size. Yeah. So it's nice. It's a good size. It's it's a, it's not too big where, you know, you feel like you're just one person. I mean, I've been lucky enough to meet our, you know, our president several times. And I know our manager in France and we talk to people all the time. So it's a, it's big enough, but not, not too small. It's a, just right. That's what lots would say. Um, I know we're going to get into this a little more too, but I figured I'd just jump right in in terms of, you mentioned supply chain. Um, obviously 2020 was utter chaos, but how did you handle supply chain? What did you learn individually and as a company? Like, I just kind of want to have that discussion. I, I want to hear what happened to you guys during the 2020 chaos. Yeah, it was, I mean, a memorable one. <laughs> uh, we learned a lot. I mean, we were lucky to have a lot of good systems in place already. Um, so we definitely saw some changes just with, I'd say the glass manufacturing and the scheduling is always crazy because you're constantly, someone's trying to get more glass in or, you know, you're trying to increase the production or things change constantly. It's um, that's That's always kind of normal. But with this past year, I mean, it was so crazy. Usually our, you know, production team locks us out two months before a production date, like no more changes. It's, it's set and that's it. But, um, I would say what we were seeing in 2020 was we'd have one day orders are in and then you look at the schedule an hour later and people are postponing or growing. And there was just so much uncertainty that we were just talking constantly between the teams and looking at it. So it was just crazy to kind of, I'd say with that uncertainty, um, a lot of people just not really sure what they were going to be going into. Um, it controlled just kind of, we went into a temp, like a, a temporary shutdown. It was more to, like a safety priority when it kind of started hitting Europe at this time last year. Um, just went to a slow shutdown, mainly just to get everyone home and safe and put everything in safety first. Um, and then they were able to slowly start manufacturing again safely with the PPE and getting all that in. Um, supply chain, I say it wasn't too terrible, I would say, throughout 2020, we were still able to get things. What's been crazy lately is it's, um, I don't know if you guys have been hearing this or experiencing it, but lead times are just getting crazy right now. Um, this has been probably the biggest, I say the biggest thing that's been happening since like December until now is there's just a lot of congestion at the ports. Um, we get some updates from the logistics teams and they're telling us that basically um, volumes to the ports have almost tripled in previous years because people are staying at home and buying so much stuff Dude, that yeah. they're just bringing in like three times as many imports as they've ever had it, had before. And we're not exporting as much. So there's just a lot of empty containers that are getting kind of like stuck. People are using their volumes. And I mean, we're just seeing things that are like three, four weeks late or even just vessels that are out on the water. I remember in, in January, our inbound manager told us they had 18 vessels just sitting out outside the port of Oakland waiting to be unloaded and get um, docked. And let's see, what did I learn? She was just telling us the other day that, you know, a, a typical vessel, cargo vessel can hold like anywhere from 22,000 to 24,000 containers. 
20 <laughs> containers. Oh, okay. So it's just stuff's hanging out <laughs> and you're just really trying to get in. And um, it's been, that's been probably the biggest frustration so far, um, just because there's so much trying in get in and unload in. Do you think there's a point where you guys would say, we need an American factory so we don't have to deal with this? Or- <laughs> um, we we looked at that. You know, they did the studies before launching the the Mexican factory, um, kind of sending where they knew they needed a new one. They knew they wanted to get one closer to North America. And Mexico really seemed like the right place for us. One, just to support the tequila market. And also, um, you know, we've been looking at a lot of trucking which is nice. Uh, definitely some people we truck directly from Mexico to Kentucky to support some of the distilleries there. And we've definitely been looking into it more with the delays on the ships um, to see what we can bring in over the, over the border. But even in that too, there's a you know shortage of trucks too, <laughs> adding um, just general time. So it's globally, it's, it's been fun. It's been challenging. We're <laughs> learning a lot. Um, but, so does that does that mean like they're starting to send a lot more molds down to the Mexico plant so they can produce things that might have used to only be bottle shapes of the France facility or now yeah, Mexico so they can Yeah, in the beginning I think they you know we just bought we started with certain molds that we knew were kind of popular and that we'd want to you know do really well in that market and um, it's definitely been growing I think we've been seeing a lot of success with custom molds out of our new facility it's been a lot of not just stock bottles, like things that are savory glass molds, but a lot of people making their own unique shapes, um, which has been really cool. What's um, the minimum order on something like that? Because I know it used to be just, you know, so gigantic to get a custom mold that it was pretty prohibitive yeah. for startups. I think it's pretty reasonable for us. We say 30,000 bottles, you know, so that's, um, I think that's, that's something that's usually not too prohibitive or, you know, if someone's looking at it, it could be a two years and um, a two year supply. So it's not too, not too crazy, I think. Um, but we pride ourselves too, and we do a lot of unique kind of support the craft spirit too. Our minimums just in general are one pallet. So it's nice that we, we have a, a great team in France who basically their job is to develop new shapes. So they study almost everything on the market. They'll look at ancient bottles and try to come up with new shapes and kind of funky things where we can, um, try to have a really wide offering of what we would call stock bottles that are kind of unique as well. So I know we we might trip over a NDA issue right here, but what is the <laughs> yeah we'll see I'll, uh... what is the craziest shape someone has asked? Damn it, I was gonna say that. <laughs> Describe in detail how wide. And if it's not it. phallic, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> okay, okay, you read my mind. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, <laughs> was it? I, I've I've heard we've heard stories. I would just say of some some interesting shapes that have been requested over the years um uh what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say exactly <laughs> I, I would tell you in person but um yeah no i'd say we just it's difficult when you get some of those crazy bottles you know when you have people who are trying to get you know round bottles are more some of the easiest ones to make when you start getting into like people trying to make a star or wanting to make you know a hexagon bottle or uh, a square like those can t- be a little bit more difficult to make so maybe not the sexiest answer to that question but those are kind of the more difficult ones we've seen okay i'm gonna go with my final thought now because it's such a good question so i'm gonna skip final thoughts at the end of this for this question (laughs) and it's for everyone if you had your bottle that was very phallic shaped what (laughs) spirit goes inside it (laughs) 
Mine's Malort. I'm just going to jump ahead and steal it. Mine's obviously bourbon cream. Bourbon cream. <laughs> bourbon cream. The... Right. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, I don't even care. I don't even care. It's not even the bottle shape. I just love a good bourbon cream. And you can shame yeah. me all you want, but it's my thing, and that's it. I thought this was a safe space. I thought there was no shame here. You're right. Oh, there's lots of shame. <laughs> it's safe shame. Yeah. Um. Med your shame. Oh, okay. That's not what I read in the, the brief. Oops. No. Um, yeah, bourbon cream would do it. I'm more just curious what name you would say, but <laughs> what you would brand it. That's that's not no. my area's expertise. Yeah. Creme de la creme? I don't know. We'll, creme de la creme. <laughs> I think that the opening uh, has to be very small and spurred out. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I mean, did I, I, mean, did I, I guess... go too far? Did I go too far? No, I, I honestly, you have miles to go, buddy. I know there's more okay. in you. All right. <laughs> no, we, we <laughs> talked about that beforehand. I'm like, yeah, you know, if I, if I didn't know my bosses would listen to it eventually. <laughs> That's where the line is for me. Okay, uh, I do have a question a little bit back to supply chain side. Uh, yeah. When you're dealing with customers who are running up against huge leads to, lead times, what is your advice to them? Do you just tell them they have to communicate earlier in the process? Uh, what's the advice to a distiller who is running it either into lead times or is getting ready to put it in order now? What should they what they, should they do to help their own case? Yeah, I mean, like I would say, first off, like the pillar to all good relationships, communication. Um, I mean, the earlier we're learning stuff, we're trying to let everyone know, even what's bad news that we're seeing containers are late, like we're letting everyone know. I'm on our end, we're trying to reach out to as many people as we can to be like, hey, heads up, we're seeing these delays for people who have already ordered. You know, we're like, hey, we're seeing longer times. It's probably closer to three months that you're waiting for. Like, let's start talking about forecasting in the next three to six months. Um, I would say, we're kind of finding that safe space because a lot of time people want to order just like, well, I really only need this much. And it's like, yeah, but if you even think, if you even think you might need a little bit more and you know, the worst thing is to be out of glass when, if you get lucky and you get an order placed and you want to try and, you know, capture that maybe unexpected thing. I'd say right now we're trying to plan for the unexpected. So many things are up in the air that it's just that communication, like in the glass world, forecasting is key. So it's just like, you know, I would say as six months used to be the safe, War where we'd be like, hey, let's talk about six months and like, you know, let's cover your needs and look at that. But with some of the delays we're seeing and we're hearing it's going to go well into Q3 of this year, it's like maybe just let's look at the next seven to eight months <laughs> in a good case and we'll bring it in. Um, it's helping, you know, we have stock bottles too that we try to maintain. We have our own certain levels we try to keep levels of. So if it's if you're nervous about maybe trying a new shape, maybe trusting the stuff that you know that we'll be responsible for bringing in and keeping in-house is a good thing too, is a good step to go with. Um, Are you seeing any order changes based off of um, now that the, you know, volume container sizing has opened up, but there's five new ones, I think. Oh yeah. How we can do like the 700 mLs and everything now too. Um, yeah. yeah. No, that's, it's super exciting. I think it's, it's so new that I wouldn't say that people are like, oh yeah, I'm going to be ordering all these bottles now for my market. Um, it's, it's new for us too. I mean, we're looking at how that works for shipping it. We, we've already had people in the past who have ordered it for their export orders. So we have some stock already in the U.S., which is nice. Um, but we're definitely hearing that. And so the new negotiations with people who are, especially when they're doing custom molds, um, that's nice instead of like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm investing in this custom brand. And before it'd be like, okay, how many do you want for 750s? And how many do you want for 700 mLs? It's nice that now you'd have that option where you can just do one. 
Um, so that always makes things a little bit easier. <laughs> just helps you get better volume prices. And so I think it's it's going to open up our range because we have such a wide variety of things that are produced in Europe too. Um, so it's a, I think it's really exciting. I'm, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. What did it sound like on your end? Was it a good thing? Is it kind of too early to tell? No, I mean, we were all, at least I'm speaking for them, but we were all very pro more sizes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. My phallic bottle should be 50 ml and no bigger. Um, Because I think it's definitely, yeah, frustrating when it was always like the 750. And it's like, why do we always have to be, we always be so different. Everyone else uses the metric system. Like we're always, we're always special with our sizes. You were talking about kind of stock bottles because sometimes that's a better option for people because you have them in stock. But are there other options for customization that's not just a mold? You know, do you have bottle decorations, things like that? What are some of the other opportunities for someone to stand out if they even still just get, say, custom molds? Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'd say... I think decoration is a really exciting option too. Um, we're kind of unique in the fact that we have both decoration and glass manufacturing at our factories. So we can decorate bottles in Mexico and in France, France, which is kind of nice where you can just have things, you know, have all your glass done in one place and then shipped um, with decoration. So we do a lot of things from coatings. Like if you wanted to get that bottle and <laughs> have a full bright red coating, you can do that or you can do partial coatings. Um, I'm, trying to think of like the new riff bottle how that kind of stops halfway um you can do matte black you can do glossy there's a bunch of different screen printing options um some people even do you know like pure gold precious metals hot stamping um definitely a fun way and i've noticed too over the years you know when people say like oh i want to do a custom bottle there's also something we call personalization which is say there's a bottle you like in our catalog that already exists. And if you just kind of want to start out with that stock bottle, but then maybe in two years, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of ready. Like let's add our logo on the base or let's do a custom finish or something where you just personalize part of it. Um, that's a nice way to go too, because you're just getting one set of just the finish mold. Um, you're not buying a whole set of a new custom shape and it's kind of a nice progression from, you know, maybe starting with a couple pallets of something to then personalizing it as you go on. Good. Uh, so there's kind of some of the most popular ways I see it. And that's really been growing. I think of the past like two years, we've really seen a lot of requests for people who have started with one of our bottles and then they add the vintage on or you know, the year they were created on it, just in the, like in the bead of the bottle or something. Like there's a lot of ways to kind of add little custom tweaks that I think people really think add value to their package. Good. I'm just trying to get as many options for Zeno and his phallic-shaped uh, bourbon <laughs> cream line that he's about to put out, which should I'm yeah, hopefully yeah with his name embossed right on the <laughs> oh yeah I'm thinking gold leaf right on the like... what Jenna <laughs> <laughs> try to get ahead I see <laughs> yeah oh my I'm gonna get balls deep into this project um <laughs> quit dicking around i mean yeah <laughs> i feel like you're really giving me the shaft on this um <laughs> so gonna get in trouble uh, we joke but this is gonna be a holiday release for Zeno. your <laughs> distillery is gonna do this and i am so excited i'm so okay. glad to be a part thank you for including this is really making my day <laughs> This is how our, oh my. my distillery comes up with all of its ideas. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, how the best st- things come together, I guess. We start with the packaging and work backwards. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah. 
hey, you joke, but sometimes that works better than you think. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, actually. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, Jenna. Like, picking out the packaging is, like, one of my least favorite parts of being a producer because I know how important it is, and it's also a bit of analysis paralysis. So... Um, Too many options? Yeah, it's just kind of overwhelming. So... You know, and I imagine that you handle clients of all different volumes. So like, what's oh, yeah. the, what's the, you know, I'm not the smallest distillery, but I'm not the biggest distillery either. But like a tiny distillery, what's the best way for them to contact someone from Saver and like talk through options? Because it is, I mean, you can just scroll through the site for weeks. <laughs> yes, I know. I've spent <laughs> spent so many days lost in our, our catalogs. It's it's fun. Um, and you're saying, what's the best way? Sorry, you broke up a little bit. What's the best way to get in contact with someone from Xavier? What's the best way like to start the kind of... Yeah. What's the best way to start the conversation with someone? I mean, should they go on the website and fill out the form or... Oh, yeah. I think our uh, going through the website's a great way. Um, calling one of our offices, good old-fashioned way, picking up the phone is good. Um, someone, you know, we have a really good communication internally, so we always pass leads back and forth, too, if, you know, someone ends up in the, the office, but we have one in, in um, Napa. You can find us online, but the website, too, is the best way because you can put in, like, hey, you know, I'm you just put, I have no idea what I want, but I need glass help. <laughs> put in where you are and someone will call you. Or, you know, you're kind of playing with an idea of 375s or, you know, just putting on information and then someone will get in touch with you um, and start the conversation kind of exactly like this. Most importantly would be first, um, how soon you're trying to bottle. <laughs> uh, you know, what, what do you need? How are you trying to use certain closures? Are you foreseeing a really, do you want to use a really big label? Are you going minimal? Like there's a lot of kind of things to keep in mind. Are you manually bottling or what, what the vision is? And then we can definitely help you kind of go through that funnel and make the choices less, less intense. <laughs> are there, are there any like major mistakes you see new producers making when they're picking out their packaging? Obviously besides not going with Saver. <laughs> yeah. Well, first and foremost, that's the main. <laughs> Thank you. You're saying all the th little plugs from me. I think I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you know, it depends. I would say it's, it can be like you're saying a little bit overwhelming. And I think sometimes I've noticed when people are completely new, it's a lot and you just think, okay, I just need a bottle and a bar top goes in it. And then it's like, oh wait, there are different sizes, bar tops, there are different size bottles. Like sometimes with the through bar, um, I've heard sometimes people were, you know, depending what product you're going to have, they're like, oh, I really fell in love with this heavy 900 pound, 900 gram sexy big bottle and it looks great and like it'd be great on your home bar it's a great gift but then they're like oh i'm trying to get into a bar i'm trying to get into a restaurant and the servers are like are you kidding me i can't i can't hold this thing <laughs> like you know so sometimes thinking about what your end end goal is or you know are you trying to have something that's easy to hold in your hand or thinking about cases or sometimes you know the the package of do you need capsules it's um it's a lot to think about um, and oftentimes people are picking one thing first or, you know, they fall in love with one bottle, but it's not available. So sometimes it's kind of just making sure communicating on when you need to start. Um, I'd say that's a, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, quantities, it's a, it's a difficult discussion, especially when you're new, but sometimes you're like, oh yes, I'm new and I'm going to make a hundred thousand bottles this year. And you're like, okay, that's fantastic. Is that really going to happen? <laughs> like, let's talk it out and like, let's, you know, kind of make sure we're doing the right kind of forecasting helps too. Um, I say those are the, those are the big ones that are coming to mind, but 
I haven't seen anything truly terrible, I would have to say. <laughs> um, those are just some kind of like, I feel Give like things time. to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm a customer of Savor yet, so just wait. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> it's going to get real bad. Yeah. <laughs> what is, so Jenna, like what would be the lead time if someone was going to get a stock bottle, let's say? What do you a think? Stock of, bottle. Yeah. I mean, ideally, if it's, you know, within our, you know, if it was in, like, I'd say you're looking for just a couple pallets soon, we, we have it in stock and it's at one of our warehouses in the U.S., then you could get it within a week. Um, by the time, we you know, we leave a little bit of barrier for logistics to be able to book trucks and everything. Um, but yeah, it's usually, I'd say if it's in the U.S., um, should be a week if it's in stock. Feel like me throwing all my fine print, my fine print statements. Right. Yeah. But in your experience. <laughs> In your experience, so let's say it's not stock or whatever, and someone comes to you, how much time should like a new producer give themselves for like, hey, I need bottle options? Should they wait to like the last oh. month before they want to launch, or should it be like six months? And I'm going to hold you. Oh, I see. This. Okay, pre-launch. <laughs> I see. Not knowing if you're totally like, hey, you don't even know what your bottle is yet, kind of thing, and you're starting. I'd say six months is a good time. It seems early, um, but at least just a kind of help you too to see like what kind of what direction you are going seeing what's out there you might have an idea of the bottle you think in mind but then you know when you start talking to producers and you talk to your cork you know your bar top or your screw cap supplier too and kind of understand what you're going for and especially if you want to add any kind of decoration like time goes quickly you might think six months is far you know kind of a ways away but if you're decorating by the time you get artwork on there and it's approved and you get some samples going and you know, he wanted to do maybe two or three different versions. You already kind of have two months gone, I would say, with all the back and forth. So six months, I think, is a good time to if you're completely starting from scratch. If you have an idea, you already know, like, what you've checked the website, you have a couple of ideas of which bottles you like. I mean, I think it's more just deciding on the bottle first, so then we can know what we can supply in time for you. Um, and then, because yeah, if it's coming, if it's stuff we don't have in the U.S. and it's coming from a factory, you're looking at kind of at least just two months to have it just on the water. What Zeno's trying to say is he needs glass tomorrow. Is that too late? <laughs> but it's going to be very custom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay if you can charter a boat. You can yeah. just you can just get to the cargo ships and get it directly off those. I'm pretty sure that's an option. I yeah. think I would just be going to the Chihuly Museum here and <laughs> finding a student <laughs> to try and hand blow a bottle really quick for you. <laughs> oh, that's an uh, amazing it was idea. <laughs> custom for tomorrow. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'd say with custom glass, if you're doing fully thing, you should leave yourself like four to six months, I would say, safely to go through the sampling process. But um, if you need something tomorrow, there are always options. You know, there's there's stuff between our warehouses. You can always find something. Will it be exactly what you dreamed of at first? Maybe not, but we can always have it. <laughs> Find solution. That's a very fair answer. I just think that, you know, to, if we have a listener and they happen to be a producer, I think that's a hard thing to decide. When is too early and when is too late to start thinking about glass? I would say it's never too early. <laughs> As the glass uh, salesperson. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, but I'm not even saying like placing your order. I mean, to get the conversation starting because... Especially, I mean, like like we were talking about earlier, just the crazy delays that we're seeing that people who even put orders in, you know, and glass is still just here, but it's out on the water and you're trying to get it in. Like it didn't mean to make that sound like that's what she said joke, but, um, you know, it's good just to 
<laughs> really be thinking about it and at least having an idea of, you know, factoring in because you can, we can always plan, right? The further out you know something, you can make plans for it. It happens. It's the last minute stuff that can be really difficult. Um, so I think just like the earlier, you know, even just forecasting glass too, that's how our, that's how our teams make the production schedules by seeing what forecasts are in the system, what they think, what molds seem to be getting some traction that maybe they should be producing more of to prepare. So it's, um, I know, I know it says that way, but it's, uh, I'd say the earlier, the earlier you can, you know, start that conversation, the better to make sure you get the right samples yeah. and, you know, cause we want you to get what you want too. So. Well, and I would imagine it's useful to bring in, kind of look at the whole package too, in terms of top and labels, because I assume there's situations where someone comes in, they say, hey, I want to order this glass. And then there's a problem maybe where the top doesn't quite work out right, or the labeling is an issue. I mean, I assume at the same time they're looking at glass, would you recommend customers be looking at everything else involved as well? Yeah, um, I think absolutely. I think it can it can never be too early. And I mean, all, suppliers all over and in different parts, you know, everyone's tries to be as reactive as they can. I know there's a lot of awesome like designers, a lot of awesome closure suppliers and label suppliers out there, um, and everyone will always do their their best to adapt as fast as they can if you need to change something. But doing things a little bit earlier because it, it's important. If you have this picture, you know this is idea of you want to do a really big label, but then you fall in love with this bottle, that's half the size and won't work or the label panel doesn't fix there. You know, the more, the more people you can loop in, um, I'd say the better too. Like I, I know people, you know, in different companies and not just in glass where we pick up the phone and I'm like, Hey, I need to send you samples for this project. Will this work? Like we talk to each other too, to try our best to help. Um, uh, some, I would say one issue I see sometimes with decoration if you're choosing to go that road of where you know you want to you decided on this artwork we got there but then the labels haven't been approved yet it hasn't been through the whole lovely TTV process and so we've already been through samples we order screens like everything's been I'd say like artistically looks good we've done the samples but then they're like oh no we have to change the wording on this now and you know that that can sometimes happen so and I know that's that's a process no one can really control is when you get the approvals on that stuff um, but also like letting us know, like, Hey, like we think most of this is, you know, letting us know what stage of the process you're in too. Like we're, our labels are done or like, we're still waiting on approval. Something might tweak here. Like it always helps to know kind of what's decided and then what's kind of up for discussion still, or what are we waiting on? Um, that's always, it's always really helpful too. So what's the most common craft bottle you see ordered? Oh gosh. There's so many. All right. Let's, we'll take so that many. back then. What's your favorite bottle? <laughs> okay. That's fun. Um, that's a tough one too. I, I like a lot of our bottles. I tend to like the, the heavier, um, funky shaped ones. We have some called like the little sumo. Um, one, I just like the name, um, but it's a really nice heavy bottle. We have a, a couple, uh, people who use it up in the Northwest and, um, which is a really fun bottle. We have one called the dynamite, um, which is really well balanced. And they came out with a new one two years ago called the bubble. It's just like this really cute little round. Um, I, I almost feel like it's a Captain Jack Sparrow vibe. Um, there's the bubble and the one we have called the pearl, which really just makes you want to like swashbuckle and walk around drinking rum. Cause it just, it just has this amazing shape. That's, um, Basically, like the ones that are easy to drink from, I think is, is what it's sounding like. Um, but yeah, they're, they're just really good shapes. Our, our team in France does a really good job about trying to find new things in the market. We just launched some swing top closures 
this past year. Um, like swing top bottles, I would say, um, mm-hmm. cause we kind of noticed this trend for people wanting to kind of, I don't know, just like the whole reduce, reuse, recycle thing. People like the idea of being able to use the swing top and kind of just refill it easily, or maybe go back to, you know, your, your producer and reuse them. Um, so that's kind of Wait, a fun because, way. Because putting a cork back in was too hard? <laughs> no, more than just like being able to repurpose it. Like we've seen some people who have reused it then with those closures for as like a water, you know, kind mm. of like a water canter in their fridge too, or like, you know, vases and kind of doing fun stuff with them. So I kind of like it's what Colton a... said though. Like, what is this bullshit? This cork isn't attached. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just litter this, litter this, throw this directly <laughs> yeah. in the ocean. Cause this cork isn't attached. Self-care is a thing, you know, sometimes you really just need self-care is not being, you have to look for the closure again. That's uh, you're, you're not really easy and convenient. Jen, I'm all about self-care. <laughs> <laughs> just keep the closure attached. Just, I often don't feel like I need to really reclose the bottle though sometimes. So that's sometimes not necessary, but <laughs> it's more online. Yeah. Actually, I have seen more, more swing tops recently. I thought it was oh every time I see it I just think of the Grolsch bottle. Yeah. Because every home brewer who's if you've ever home brewed, you probably use the Grolsch bottle. And you're like, what is this mediocre beer? I don't know, but it has a built in cork that I can bottle condition it. <laughs> um, That's fancy. Yeah. So get a little get a little bougie sometimes. That's kind of neat. Oh yeah, we're super bougie here. <laughs> Wilderness bougie in the in the cave. <laughs> hey it's a nice cave leave me alone (laughs) i'm sure no i'm sad we didn't get the video i would have uh (laughs) oh no you could have seen his cave drawings (laughs) no it's a it's a scary scary basement i record from even i get concerned (laughs) i assure you are not sad that you did not get the video (laughs) okay maybe i'll retract a feedback on that one okay uh so let's see, Jenna, you mentioned too, because we're all sad we're not actually seeing each other for like a year now, but we do right. potentially have a convention coming up. So that's good. A couple hopefully coming up uh, summer and then towards the fall, winter and stuff. So I assume we're going to see you there. You're going to be at some of the conventions coming up. I really hope so. I've missed, that's probably one of the things I think I've missed the most is just because we kind of have these built in, especially when he'd been in the industry for a while, you kind of have these built in, Oh, I know every March I go for here. You know, I have ACSA, I have ADI, like you get used to these things and not just for the, you know, there's amazing seminars. I think they've done a good job of doing online. Like there's some simple ones, but the, the virtual networking is just not, not the same. So I'm really, I'm really hoping we're going to be, we've participated in a few of the virtual ones, but, uh, I think, yeah, I think we'll definitely be there. If they're happening, we'll we'll be there. I think I already know the answer to this, but what's more fun, the spirit conferences or the wine conferences? Oof. Um, getting, getting political. Beer it is. I knew it. <laughs> I, we, were, we were supposed to go to the beer conference for the first time this past year, too. And we didn't, you know, and then it was postponed. So I'm super sad about that. But uh, hopefully we'll get it this year. I have had, I would say, plenty of fun at both, but I have really enjoyed my times at the Spirit conferences. <laughs> They're just different, but really, I mean, the best part of it, regardless of the show, is the networking, quote unquote, having a cocktail and meeting new people. Like, that's just so much fun. You meet so many great people that way. 
Yeah. Okay. So this is, I'm going to out myself as being a terrible human because one of the first things I thought of when FET, uh, federal excise tax reduction passed permanently, I was actually disappointed. I'm like, oh, now we don't have a reason to go to Washington, D.C. And that was a super fun trip to go with everyone <laughs> and walk around Congress. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm a monster that that's the first thing I thought of. It's okay. Well, the first step is admitting it, right? That's, that's good. <laughs> oh yeah. We're very transparent here with our, how horrible we are. No, but that's, I mean, I think that's a really, it's a good point. I think they know how to pick it though. I mean, I think, where was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be New Orleans. Which show was supposed to be New Orleans this past year too? It was it ADI? Yeah. Or yeah, there was, was one ADI. that everyone was just like, ooh, yeah, I have to go this year. ADI <laughs> this year and ACSA was Portland. Yeah, that's right. And so it's like, I think they know when they're picking the locations too. I think it really helps if like, ooh, yeah, that'll, that'll help draw the, the people to go as well. I was very grateful for the New Orleans one because I'm like, sweet, I don't have to go anywhere. Right. And now I have to go places. <laughs> yeah. We were all going to come stay at your house. Cool. Oh, that'll be fun. So do you guys all crash together when you go to these things or do you give yourself some personal space? Uh, I mean, it depends if we book our hotel rooms with enough time. <laughs> I like the awkward silence. Usually when I do it last second. <laughs> there was, that was a really long silence. Yeah. <laughs> well, how, how do we say that? Yes. We share a twin bed. Um. Yeah, we actually order. We we actually book separate rooms, but then we all end up in the same room together. <laughs> you just time the shifts for the bed. It's fine. Yeah, it's all at the same time. Oh, no, that sounds like a trade show done right. Yeah, I need cuddled. <laughs> Back to the shift. After all that socializing, I need cuddled. I think that's going to be the interesting part where like we've been starved for a year and everyone's going to be like, oh yes, I can't wait. And then immediately start anxiety setting in with like, there's too many people here. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> I haven't talked to this many people. Like it might be, might be interesting. The first big gathering if we're all together. Uh, until yeah. the second cocktail, I think. Until the second cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. It's going to be a giant hug fest. Like at first, I think we're all going to like, we might even still be wearing masks. Everyone's going to be like a little distant. And then second cocktail in, it's just going to be a weird group hug. It's going to be <laughs> Take a moment of cuddles. <laughs> the, whole, the whole conference. I mean, I don't know how much control you have over the Saver Glass, glass booth, but if you could set up like a cuddle couch, like that sounds fantastic. The cuddle quarter? Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, that sounded that actually sounded dirtier than I meant. Yeah, cuddle corners real bad. Yeah. I can't see HR having any problems with that at all. Nope. Green light. Nope. It's gonna be fine. Yeah, that'll go really well. Oh God. As long as it's sponsored by the Still Talking Podcast, I think everyone agrees. <laughs> this cuddle corner is brought to it's you fine. by Yeah. Zeno's just gonna bring a sign and just put it up. <laughs> I think we'll just have you like very slowly talking in that deep voice, like, and here you are. Hello, welcome. I'm just welcome to the Saver Glass. And that in that you mean my voice, Jenna? <laughs> my, yes. my voice. Like how you said that deep voice. I'm like, this is just my voice. Well, I try. I don't think it's a good thing. It's a thing. Um, Yeah, I'm going to just wear a shirt that says Cuddle Corner, and there's an arrow pointing to you guys pick. (laughs) Oh, we all know. The joke writes itself. My armpit, duh. My armpit for spooning, sicko. Oh dear lord. This is great. Okay. We'll have to talk to you for, for our next uh, redesigns of our booth yeah. in our offices. I think Count us in. Our consulting fees are real low. Um, <laughs> we just, just want to be there and be a part of the team. We're very excited. 
That's great. Can't wait to can't wait to get those briefs. Uh, all right, guys. Do you have any other uh, reasonable and educational questions, or should we jump into uh, Zeno grunting us out? I can grunt us no, out. I, I just wanted. I still don't know the answer to how many pounds of sand are in one bottle, but you know, I will work on someone, that. Someone, someone will get time? back to me. <laughs> I'll bring you a bottle and calculate it out the, yes. the first time we meet. How about that? That's but perfect. she guaranteed it was ethically sourced sand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I feel like it's a good thing. It doesn't matter. It sounds good. Sand. We got it. Yeah. That's right. Uh, no. So uh, my final thought was uh, this has been really hard, but I'm glad I could finish. It got a bit messy during the climax, <laughs> but I feel like everyone was satisfied. Oh, dear Lord. Agreed. Uh, really glad yeah. we all came together. Thank you. So. Oh, God, Jenna, you're perfect. Uh, I'm actually stepping down from my role as co-host, and I'm just giving it over to Jenna. You, uh, <laughs> you can fill in this role. This is fantastic. No, this was uh, my first official podcast ever, so I want to first say thank you, and I'm sorry. Oh, we are. I was to say, we are so sorry. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. <laughs> yeah, we I'm, will... I'm, definitely this disgusting in person um yeah yeah but he but is a sweet you. guy and he does cuddle nicely and also when you get the inevitable hr meeting please feel free to loop us in we, we got your back yeah <laughs> i appreciate it i really appreciate the support guys <laughs> thank you so much for coming on yeah it was really fun to talk to you have a nice night love you dummies